Planning for your financial future is a lot like solving a puzzle. Sometimes it's simple, like a jigsaw puzzle. You have all the pieces and you just need to find out how they all fit together to reveal the solution. But sometimes planning for retirement is more like a crossword puzzle. You don't even know the answers to some of the clues, let alone how they all fit together. Like how much can I expect to get from Social Security? How much income do I need in retirement? Or how much risk is appropriate? That's why certified financial planner Dan Caprill is here to host Solving the Financial Puzzle. On today's show, we want you to learn more about finding the right answers to your financial questions and how those answers can fit together to bring you more peace of mind. So get ready. Solving the Financial Puzzle starts now. Thanks for joining us this week on Solving the Financial Puzzle. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Dan Capril here in Cincinnati and Dayton. He is your local wealth coach, the president of Matson and Capril, a certified financial planner with offices in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, and even northern Kentucky. You can find out great information about Dan and his team by going to quizdan.com or by calling 844-QUIZ-DAN. Dan, thanks for being here this week. How are you, sir? Fantastic. I uh, just got back from Nashville this past uh, weekend and just had a uh, fabulous time. And uh, for our listeners, if you don't get down to Nashville much, do. You don't even have to be a country western um, a fan like I am. But uh, wonderful city, beautiful city, and um, you know, rather easy drive. You know, Four and a half hours down the highway from Cincinnati, maybe a little longer from Dayton. So check it out. Neat place uh, from everything that I've heard, and it's on the list of uh, areas to go and visit and check out. So uh, glad you had a good trip, and glad you're back. Well, and best of all, it has a zero state income tax, so oh, naturally I'm going to like it, right? <laughs> That's fantastic, <laughs> yes. Uh, always a good place to go when you uh, when you know that. Let's not delay answering some of your questions. We've got one from Pam in Oakwood. Pam says, since interest rates are so low, does it make sense to buy any bonds? And if so, what should I look for? Great question, Pam. Um, the answer is yes. Bonds always play an integral part in a well-diversified portfolio, but not for the reason that I think you're thinking of, Pam. You're right. Interest rates are low. So let's first understand what we're doing when we're buying bonds. We are, in essence, lending our money, lending it to a government, lending it to a corporation. In return for that, they will pay us interest. And then when the, the, the period is over and it varies by bond, could be five years, 10 years, 30 years, they pay us back our principal. Now, historically, doing that, when, you know, 5 6% would not have been unusual, but interest rates are incredibly low right now. So does it make sense to buy? Well, understand that we don't really buy bonds for return. I know it's nice when we get return. What we're buying bonds for is to lower the risk of our stock portfolio. You see, a well-diversified portfolio has both equities, stocks, and bonds. Historically, we know that stocks produce higher rates of return, but they do so in a far more volatile manner than bonds. So by introducing some bonds into the portfolio, what we're doing is we're smoothing out some of the volatility. Yes, we do give up a little bit of return when we do that, but for a retired person, consistency of return is actually more important than average rate of return because when you are retired, you're in essence selling part of your portfolio for cash. And therefore, if your portfolio were to drop in value, well, you'd have to sell more shares to get the same check. And those extra shares, even though markets come back, well, they may come back, those extra shares, they're gone. So it's very important that we have consistency. So having said that, when it comes to bonds, what we need to look for then are consistent performing bonds. First thing I tell clients all the time is we do not want to lend our money out for long periods, five, 
10 years max. In fact, I like one-year bonds. They pay a little less, but when interest rates rise, the old bonds don't drop in value nearly as much. We're not interested in, in hitting home runs with bonds, so we're going to lend it out for short periods and investment grade only. That means at least an A rating by Standard & Poor's. So we're going to lend it to credible corporations like a Procter & Gamble or General Electric. We're not going to lend it out to some company we've never heard of that's offering to pay us 9%, and that's because they're, they're essentially bankrupt. No, we're not going to do that. We can get higher rates of return historically through owning stocks, bonds, consistent returns. So yes, there's a role for them. Everything has its day in the sun. Equities tend lately are producing better than say bonds are, but we don't want to abandon them because they're like a baseball team. I always say, you know, if you have a, if you root in the national league, you don't care if your baseball, if your pitcher can't hit, you don't care about that. That's not his job. It's nice when he does, but his job is to keep the other team from scoring. And that's what bonds are designed to do. They are the pitcher within our portfolio. Jerry in Springboro has a question. He says, my banker recently told me that he can sell me an annuity that pays 7% every year. How can that be if interest rates are so low right now? What's the catch here, Dan? Jerry, I love you. This is a great question. I love you for being cynical. The catch is he can't give you 7% every year. Here's what happens, Jerry. There's a feature within some annuity products called an income writer. Now, let's say, for example, Jerry, he, he was interested in you giving him $100,000. All right. The way the income writer works is, yes, the income writer, which is a column on, the, on a piece of paper, will show your $100,000 growing at 7% every year, which means at the end of 10 years, your $100,000 will go to $200,000. But does that mean, Jerry, that you can just call them up after 10 years and say, oh, can I have my $200,000? No, you don't get that. In fact, if you were to call them up and say, let me have all my money back, you'd probably be getting something like 1% to 2% a year on your money. It'll vary by product. It's not going to be the guaranteed 7%. That 7% number is only there if in the future you should ask for income. And what happens is that 100000 that grew to 200000 now they're likely to give you 5% of that for the rest of your life. So you won't be getting 200000 you might only get fifteen or 20000 depending on how long the rest of your life is. Now, I'm not suggesting that you can't make money with this. You could certainly get that 5% of uh, 200000 which is ten grand a year. You could certainly get that enough years in the future to where you actually come out ahead. That's clearly possible. But it's not a 7% return on your money. It's actually 5% of the, of the, the hypothetical 7% growth that they were showing. Here's what I want you to understand. Annuities are very, very complicated. And they're sold with very high commissions, which is why banks are now selling them because they're not making their money on interest rates. We need to understand what the details are. I have no problems with an income writer. But what I don't want is for someone to walk away thinking that their money is compounding at a rate at 7% that they can then take with them at any point in time. You can't. Uh, and, and very sadly, when I explain this to people who've already bought these products, they're, they act like they, they've never heard it before. Now, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt of the person who sold it and said they disclosed it and the client just doesn't remember. And that's fine. I've had clients forget stuff too. But no, when someone's offering you 7%, and you know interest rates are a half a percent or one percent, there's a lot more to that story, and you need to understand it. And that's why when we work with people, you know, one of the first things that I do is, is I 
look at the direction you're currently heading. And very often just explaining to a client what it is that they've got, uh, that's, that's a huge eye-opener to them. Shouldn't be, but it is. So you're not getting a true 7%. Uh, you're, you're getting kind of a twisted explanation on how you might be able to draw income in the future. Uh, chances are, if you were to ask for your money in the future, you'd get a much lower amount if you want it all in a lump sum. So, you know, whether it be an annuity product or a mutual fund, a lot of times we just don't know what we have. Um, it, it, we don't really have a plan. We just bought stuff. And that's where I think our firm, Matson and Capril, can be of real use for people. Because when Nikki and I sit down with people, we show them what they've got. We show them the direction that they're heading. We're often explaining things that was completely new to them, whether it be internal fees that they're paying or the returns are and what they think they are. You need to know what you really have. And that's really the advantage of having a well-defined plan that's not based on the sale of a product. So, you know, I encourage our listeners out there, take advantage of these types of services because too often what we get is advice that isn't really objective. And then trust me, that banker, he has a sales quota. In fact, uh, Nikki Early is one of our associates. You know, she used to work in a bank. She knows all about the sales quotas that, that these salesmen have put upon them. And it's not always in your best interest. You need to have things checked out before you start buying products. Come talk to us. We'll check it out for you. Here's the number that you need to call to reach Dan Capril and the team at Matson and Capril, 844-QUIZ-DAN. That is 844-784-9326. Again, that's 844-784-9326. That'll put you in touch with Dan here in the Cincinnati and Dayton area. He'll help you analyze where you currently stand and help you get in the right direction with your current financial and retirement plan to make sure that you're getting the proper planning that you deserve, the proper planning that you want in retirement. All you have to do is call 844-QUIZ-DAM. That's 844-784-9326. 844-784-9326. Dan is a certified financial planner, the president of Matson and Capril, your local wealth coach here in the area with offices in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, even northern Kentucky. There is a place near you where you can meet with Dan to go over your situation. But you need to call now. Don't procrastinate. 844-QUIZ-DAN. That is 844-784-9326. Coming up next on the show, uh, important ages in the financial world as you approach retirement. What about age 50, age 55, 62, 65? What are the things you need to be thinking about as you approach and get past these ages in your life? We're going to hit that specifically next right here on Solving the Financial Puzzle. With a constantly changing financial landscape, having a written, customized plan for retirement is more important than ever. In Cincinnati and Dayton, turn to Dan Capril and the team at Matson and Capril. Call 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326 to schedule a complimentary review of your financial situation. That's 844-784-9326. You're listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle with Dan Capril. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us this week. Dan is your local expert, your local wealth coach here in Cincinnati and in Dayton with offices in Cincinnati, in Beaver Creek, northern Kentucky as well. He's the president of Matson and Capril, a certified financial planner, the author of Retirement Survival, 
and the Retirement Survival Checklist. You can go to quizdan.com to find out some great information about Dan and the team. That's quizdan.com. That's where you can also ask questions, and you can also call 844-QUIZ-DAN. All right, Dan, I'm going to give you an age. You tell me why that age is so important to retirement planning and what people need to be thinking about at that particular age. So we'll start at age 50. If you're approaching 50 years old or you've just passed it, or hey, if today's your birthday uh, and you're (laughs) turned 50, congratulations. Uh, What do you need to be thinking about at age 50? First of all, I want our listeners to know that if you haven't turned 50 yet, when you reach age 50, life has not ended. (laughs) I did it two years ago. You know, no, you're not, you cannot call yourself a young person anymore, but you can, uh, you're not old yet either. So, okay. So 50, why is 50 important? Well, 50 is a, is a great age for retirement planning because normally in something like an IRA or 401k, you're, you're limited to a certain amount of money. Um, so for example, an IRA, the most you can put in is $5,500. If you're in a 401k, it's $18,000. But once you turn 50, you can put in more. It's called a catch-up provision. In the case of a, your 401k, you can now put in $24,000. And it doesn't matter what the percentage is of your earnings. So you have the ability to shelter more money from taxation, which if you listen to this show a lot, you know I'm a big believer on. If we lower our taxes, we increase our returns without exposing ourselves to any additional risk. So take advantage of this you know when you hit these ages make sure that you're taking full advantage of what it is you're allowed to do Um, frankly i think they should be available to all ages but at least when we reach 50 we know that we have more ability now to shelter more income from taxation which should pay off well during our retirement years although that's a black balloon birthday the silver lining is uh, you get some more uh, opportunity to save for your retirement future so there's your silver lining i guess exactly (laughs) that's age 50. all right let's fast forward five years you're approaching age 55 or you've just passed it what are you thinking about then well you know first of all understand that most retirement plans have um, a little provision it's it's in the internal revenue code it's it's section 72t and what it says is that if you pull money out of your plan early and for most of them it's defined at 59 and a half that any taxable income you take out is going to be subjected not only to the tax but to a 10 percent penalty however most 401k plans not all because it's not required but it's it's in most in the in the language that if you retire from that company, you leave that company 55 or later, as long as the money stays in the plan, well, they can pull that money out and, and just pay regular income tax on it. They would not have to pay the 10% penalty. Now, it's very important to understand what your rights are here. I've seen a lot of times, and I've talked about this in prior shows, that some 401k plans, they're very limited in their investment options. They have a lot of problems. So I'm a big proponent of a rollout. But let's say someone took early retirement, say, at age 56. Well, they could leave the money in their plan, and as they needed it, they can just call their their company's 401k administrator up, and they'll send the money. What I often recommend people do is go ahead and leave some money in that old plan, specifically so that you can avoid that little 10% penalty. Roll the rest out to an IRA. Now, if you whatever you put in the IRA, you got to wait to 59 and a half. So we're going to leave just enough money in the 401k so that we have what we need. And then the rest of it, we can roll over to an IRA. So you can basically have the best of both worlds if you want them. Dan, this sounds like one of those situations at age 55, this kind of opportunity that's unique to 401ks. Is that right? Yeah, your traditional IRA doesn't have this. So uh, while, again, I'm a big proponent of getting your money out of the 401k when you leave, 
um, in this instance, uh, it is worth having at least some of your money there. Um, there are a couple of provisions. you got to make sure you're doing things right. A great reason to give us a call. Make sure that you're running, following all the steps. But if you're going to retire early, you don't necessarily have to pay that penalty. There's other ways around it, too. But this is a common one that we often see. Again, we're talking with Dan Capril here on Solving the Financial Puzzle here in Cincinnati and Dayton. He is your local wealth coach, certified financial planner. Dan, at age 59 and a half, I don't know why they – do you know why they do these half ages for some of these things, like 59 and a half, and then later we're going to get hit 70 and a half? What, what, what was the, the, the reason for that back in the beginning? I'm embarrassed to say I used to know and I forgot, but it had to do with some advantage to Congress itself, which is not surprising. So I'm going to research that and find out, but that is a great question. Probably had a short-term benefit that now has created long-term confusion, right? Oh, without question. I mean, just just make it your your set year. But um, there is a reason for it, which I'll I'll find out in future shows. Okay. I'll talk about. Okay. But fifty nine and a half. What do we need to be thinking about here? What what's important about that date right now? Well, the great news about fifty nine and a half is you can now tap into any retirement account you have and not pay that ten percent penalty that I discussed before. So you will pay the income tax, but you will not have to pay the the dreaded ten percent penalty that's um, that's attached to it. So now, don't use this as a reason to spend before you should. Uh, don't use this as necessarily a reason to just retire. I've seen that happen. I've literally seen people say, you know what, I got enough money, I can retire. I'm going to take it now because there's no penalty, and they've never done any of the math. They've never really thought it through. Don't do that. Um, The only thing is, good, if you do retire now and you start pulling money out, there won't be a penalty. But don't let that be the reason alone for you to just act on it. You might be able to, but make sure there's a plan in place. Make sure we've really thought through the numbers. We, we study it. We've calculated it. Um, you know, factored in longevity, factored in inflation and taxation. Those things got to be worked in. Just because you turn 59 and a half doesn't necessarily mean it's the right time for you to turn in your resignation. Maybe it takes some pressure off knowing you have that flexibility, but don't Maybe. necessarily jump right on the opportunity. Same can be said, Dan, when you reach age 62. Yeah, That can absolutely. be a very attractive date for a lot of people because of what comes along with it in terms of Social Security, but got to be very careful. So, yes, at 62, you can file for your Social Security benefits. But understand this. If you keep working between age 62 and whatever your normal retirement age is, which is 66 or 67, depending on the year that you were born, if you file early for those benefits and you're still working, you may get no benefit at all because they put limits as to how much you can earn. It's about $15,000. Also understand this. By deferring taking your Social Security benefit, your benefit grows. That benefit at 62 is 70% of what it would be at your full retirement age. And if you're able to stretch it out even longer, every year you wait past your normal retirement age up to age 70, your benefit grows by 8%. So yes, you can file at 62. It might be the right decision for you. It might not. Again, I know I sound like a broken record. You got to have a plan. You got to take a look at what are all the sources of income that you're likely to get money from, and you need to figure that in. And maybe Social Security is a part of that. Maybe we act on it now. More times than not, though, I'm finding... We're recommending clients defer it longer, as long as it doesn't put an unusual drain on their savings. You hinted at this earlier, Social Security, now we get to age 66 or 67. That's uh, the full retirement age for Social Security, so what's important to remember there? 
Okay. When I reach my full retirement age, and again, it depends on the year you were born. If you were born uh, between 1954 and uh, 1959, the end of 59, it's 66. 1960 and on, it's age 67. So, um, you know, all younger people, until they change the law on you, and they will, um, it's going to be age 67. At that age, you could not only file for your full benefit, but you can continue to work without having any reduction. So a lot of times someone's still working, and it might make sense for them to start filing their benefit. And again, it might not. Um, It's going to depend on your situation. Because keep in mind, if you wait, it'll continue to grow at 8% until you reach age 70. At age 70, there's no more growth. Uh, But that's the age at which you don't have to worry that your earnings are going to have an impact, an adverse impact on your Social Security benefits. So know what your full retirement age is. Go to the website, the um, socialsecurity.gov website. It's a very good website that's going to give you a lot of information, but more importantly, you're going to see your estimates, and it's going to assist you in the filing process. That's a great point, and uh, something important to remember. During the planning process, these different important ages that you need to be thinking about, we're at that other half age that we need to have in the back of our minds, Dan, Mm, age 70 and a half. What do we think about here? Okay, so if you're still alive, you should celebrate. (laughs) No. (laughs) What 70 and a half does is that really is Uncle Sam's time to uh, start collecting. I call it the the pay-the-piper time. All your 401ks, IRAs, 403bs, SEP IRAs, whatever it is, you've been able to defer the taxation on those accounts. Now you've come to the point where you must start withdrawing some of the money. Not a lot, but some. First year, it's roughly 3.75%. Every year, the percentage grows. The idea here is you get older, you're going to have to take out a bigger percentage. But more importantly for Uncle Sam, he's going to want a piece of the apple. This is why sometimes waiting to 70 and a half doesn't always work. It's actually better off maybe to take it at an earlier age with some good tax planning strategies so that when you get to age 70 and a half, the the amount that you have to pull out can be minimized. So if you're going to wait until the very end, you may find yourself having to pull out far more money than you need, and you're going to have to pay the tax on that. And remember, when you pay tax on money that you didn't need to spend, you not only give up the tax dollars, you give, the, you give up the ability to invest those tax dollars. So there's an opportunity cost associated with that. Very important that you get that figured out. We really are big proponents in tackling this problem before 70 and a half with our clients if we can. There's a lot of great strategies that we'll implement with people that will let them to take out even more than the minimum requirement before 70 and a half, and in many cases at very little or no tax. But you got to know what your options are. Another great reason for having a good comprehensive plan that has a lot of facets to it, that studies things far than just whether or not you'll have enough money. A lot of times people have more than enough money. What we're trying to do is make sure that they have enough that they can give to their heirs, not to give to Uncle Sam. So if you're going to wait until seven and a half to do this kind of work, you're probably going to give up a lot of your flexibility and freedom. Come on in. We'll sit down. I'll show you what your options are. I'll help you develop a plan that can ultimately minimize your taxes, not only today if you're still working, but more importantly when you're retired because that's where taxes become the most punitive. You may think you have X dollars. 
Now, you have X dollars minus what Uncle Sam plans to take from you. With good planning, we can minimize what Uncle Sam is going to take. And your initial review with Dan and the team at Manson and Capril is complimentary, but you need to call to get on the calendar here in the near future. The number to dial is 844-QUIZ-DAN. That is 844-784-9326. Do it now. Don't procrastinate. Don't Put this lower down on the uh, on your priority list. You need to make sure that this is something you are doing now, putting your financial planning, your retirement planning at the top of that list. 844-QUIZ-DAN is your number to call. That's 844-784-9326. 844-784-9326. And Dan, you know, we were talking about the most important ages as we've been going through here on the show so far today. But really, even if you're in between one of these ages, that brings us to the most important age of all. And that's wherever you are right now, because now's the time to take action. At no matter what age you are, there are things that you can be doing to improve your financial situation. Oh, absolutely right. And uh, the, the present is always the most important because, you know, we can't go back in the past. You know, we, we can't. I hear it all the time. I wish I had met you 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Well, you didn't. But you know what? If you wait 10 years from now, you're going to say the same thing about this point in time. The important thing is is that we're meeting now. So as a, as a way to get people a little bit more fired up, a little bit more way to encourage, um, for everybody who, who calls and schedules a, a consultation with us this week, I'm not, I'm not only going to give them this week's book of the week, but I'm going to give them the last four books of the week oh. that we've given our clients. So we're going to keep them really educated. And what I'm going to also do is I'm going to enroll them into our Investor Academy, which is something I only do for clients. But I'm a real believer that the message that we've been sharing on the Investor Academy, which is a series of online courses, is incredibly, incredibly powerful. So for people who call this week, who schedule an appointment to meet with me, you don't even have to become a client. Just sit down. Let's get a feel for what your needs are. I'm going to give you all four of the last books, plus enroll you into the Investor Academy. I can't tell you what the Investor Academy is worth. I can tell you this much. It's worth a heck of a lot. Um, the, the knowledge and the insight and the coaching that goes on through that program, our clients just love it. I want our listeners to have a piece of that as well. Here is that number, 844-QUIZ-DAN. That is 844-QUIZ-DAN. 844-784-9326. That's going to get you the books, the last couple of Book of the Weeks that we've had here on the show. So you'll get a lot of great resources and material that way, as well as a chance to meet with Dan and his team right here in Cincinnati and in Dayton as well, with an office in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, one in northern Kentucky also, 844-QUIZ-DAN, and you get to be a part of Investor Academy. This is really, really cool. Uh, Very special to do this here on the show today. 844-784-9326 is your number to call to take advantage of this right now. But you need to call and uh, get on Dan's calendar to come in and have this meeting and to uh, tap into these resources. 844-QUIZ-DAN. That is 844-QUIZ-DAN. 844-784-9326. If you go to quizdan.com and submit a question through the website, you can also qualify for this as well. That's quizdan.com if you prefer to do it online. Right there on the homepage, you'll see where you can submit a question and uh, get in touch with Dan that way. Quizdan.com or 844-QUIZ-DAN. Stay right there. Coming up, Tales from the Tax Side, right here on Solving the Financial Puzzle. 
Bruno Rubik, the creator of the famous Rubik's Cube, once said, A good puzzle, it's a fair thing. Nobody is lying, it's very clear, and the problem depends just on you. That's a nice thought. Too bad the financial world isn't as simple. As you prepare for retirement and the rest of your financial future, there are a lot more problems to deal with than just yourself. You have outside factors constantly varying and changing the landscape. People do lie, cheat, and deceive. You have access to tons of information, yet not a great way to discern what motivations drive that information. It can all get very, very complex. But that's why Dan Capril, your host of Solving the Financial Puzzle, is here. Dan and his team at Matson & Capril will help you solve your financial puzzle to put you in a position to get to and all the way through retirement. Just call 844-784-9326. That's 844-784-9326 to set up a time to meet. You don't have to solve the entire financial puzzle on your own, but you do have to be the one who starts the solution. And it starts with a phone call to 844-784-9326. That's 844-784-9326. 844-QUIZ-DAN. Composer Stephen Sondheim once said, The nice thing about doing a crossword puzzle is you know there is a solution. That's exactly how you can view the financial world. You know there's a solution to the sometimes complex challenges facing you, especially when you plan for retirement. And if you need some help finding the right answers, then keep listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle with Dan Capril. Welcome back to Solving the Financial Puzzle, a little bit different tune to bring you back in today. We'll tell you more about that in just a moment. Uh, you're listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Dan Capril. He's your local wealth coach here in the Cincinnati and Dayton areas with offices in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, and even northern Kentucky. Dan is the president of Matson and Capril as a certified financial planner the author also of Retirement Survival. The number to call with your questions, 844-QUIZ-DAN, or go to quizdan.com. And it's time for Tales from the Tax Side, one of our favorite parts of the show. And uh, you hear pomp and circumstance playing mm-hmm. in the background. We do that by design because uh, that's kind of a uh, little bit of the flavor of this week's story. What do you have for us, Dan? Well, I spend a fair amount of time on college campuses, as I know you do, though, for different reasons. For you, it's a job, and for me, it's, it's where my money goes because I have a son who's uh, getting ready to, uh, to graduate. And it's interesting because whenever I'm at one of these universities, you know, it's amazing. Everything is named after somebody. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, and if you don't know this, it's only for one reason. Well, with the exception of a great basketball coach, um, it's, it's there because they wrote a check. You know, somebody wrote a, a large sum of money, and so you get stuff named after them. And there's some good ones that have, that have been in the news as, as of late. So hedge fund manager by the name of John Paulson, if you follow uh, the world of hedge funds, and I really hope none of our listeners do, <laughs> um, he's, he's incredibly well-known. He's worth about $11.2 billion. Uh, he's number 113 on Forbes list, on their Forbes 400. Well, you know you know how like sometimes, I don't know about you and your house, Walter, but you know, a lot of times I'll just sit back at my couch and I'll reach into the, the cushion and I find all this change that has fallen out of my pocket. So I hate change, and, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons. Well, well, Paulson did that, you know, and he, but his couch is a little different than my couch because he pulled out $400 million. Now, seriously, he decided to make Harvard a gift for $400 million, um, which is always interesting because 
because Harvard already has an endowment fund of over $32 billion, so it's not even like they need the money. But needless to say, they, they took it. I'd be shocked if they didn't. And they're going to name the engineering school after him, which, wow. is, which is great. You know, I mean, charitable giving is, is a good thing. Harvard's a great institution. Um, here, here's another one, um, another um, Wall Streeter. Uh, Steven Schwartzman is his name. He's worth $12 billion. And, uh, you know, his dresser room drawer, he came across about $150 million and gave it to Yale. Yale has an endowment of about $24 billion, but now they're going to uh, name the Performing, Performing Arts Center after him. So great way to get your, your name up there. It's a lot better than just putting a little sign in front of a classroom. Uh, not even the Wall Streeters. Uh, venture capitalist Mark Stevens. Now, he's only worth a mere $1.6 billion. Uh, he gave $50 million to Southern Cal. And, uh, yeah, guess what? They're going to name the neuroscience building after him. Mm. So that's that's where it goes. All right, so what, what, what's my point on this? Well, first of all, I'm not saying that these very wealthy and successful people, and I, and I admire their success. I really do. I mean, I'm a really big capitalist. So I'm not saying they weren't doing it out of the love of their hearts. They were. I'm sure with every instance – they, they felt that those institutions had a lot to do with their success. I know my universities, Northwestern and, and the University of Iowa, had a great deal to do with whatever success I've had in my life. But they also understood that these gifts, which were money that they were not going to use anyway, that these gifts would give them huge tax savings. Now, over the years in working with people, I've seen some gifts made that could have been done better, that they could have actually gifted more and had a greater impact. Uh, sometimes we give without really thinking. The organization who receives our money really doesn't care. They'll take whatever you give them. Um, but with good planning, you can really maximize your gifting. If you're looking, for example, to convert a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, the utilization of a charity is a fabulous way to do it. And it's not by just giving them the money that's in their IRA. There's some strategies at play. All of these individuals that I've mentioned had access to great tax planners, not just tax filers, not just form completers, planners, people who sat down and developed strategies to maximize the amount of tax savings that can be done. And fortunately, charitable giving is still something that you can deduct. Now, you may not be able to deduct all of it in the first year. Certainly in these instances, I don't think they will. I think they'll have to spread out those deductions over a number of years. But I assure you, none of them wrote big checks without first thinking it through. And that's what I want to really impart to our listeners out there think it through. Whether it's 500 bucks that you came across or $100, there's a lot of things that can be done with, with charitable giving and other strategies that can have a dramatic impact in lowering your tax bottom line. Don't just do it blindly. Have a strategy that you set off in the beginning of the year that meets your objectives from a philanthropic standpoint, but also maximizes the amount of money that you can save in your income tax. I'll give you another thing to be aware of. I see a lot of times people will give money to certain charities thinking that that charity does a very good job. And then we do some research for them and we start to point out that the, that the executive director of the charity is flying around in a Learjet or that they're bringing in all these rock stars in and paying these exorbitant salaries. And sometimes it's not unusual to see that a charity that maybe only 20 cents of every dollar brought in is really doing some good. And then you have some on the other extreme. My personal favorite is St. Jude's Hospital in Memphis, which was started by Danny Thomas years ago, and now his daughter Marlo runs it. Marlo is a tough cookie. If you want any recognition with St. Jude's, it's on your dime. So if you, if you read somewhere that, say, John Mellencamp's playing at a concert to benefit St. Jude's, 
John is doing it for free, and he's also paying to get his band there as well because they want every single dollar that they raise to go help others. And I assure you, in this instance, with these individuals giving to the universities, they knew where the money was going. Obviously, they made sure their names were on there too. So give charitable giving thought. It's a great thing to do. There's huge tax savings, but pick your charities wisely. You know, don't just think, well, this one's convenient. This is the one I'm going to go to. It might be, but you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your tax dollars to study it. And if you're not sure, give us a call. We, we keep a lot of information on charities. It's a big part of what I do personally, and I'll be able to give you some direction as to, you know, if you're looking to give stuff away, should I give it to Goodwill? Should I give it to St. Vincent de Paul? I'll at least give you some information. You're the one who's going to make the decision, but it all lends back to the tax blueprint that we do for our clients where we sit down, we look at the taxes that they're paying, and then we develop strategies designed to cut them. And the beautiful thing about the tax blueprint is that whatever fee we charge you, it is guaranteed to be no more than 50% of your tax savings in the very first year. So take advantage of this. There's a big difference between filing and planning. Um, I want people to do the planning first. If they do the planning first, the filing is going to go a lot better. That's a great point. And again, this kind of planning is not just available to the super rich with, you know, $400 million no. out there. This is available to uh, to you, uh, yeah. most likely. Uh, if you're a small business owner, especially, this is a, a great way to uh, develop tax planning. These are the kinds of strategies. Just, this story just serves as an example of that. So reach out to Dan Capril and the team at Matson and Capril by calling 844-QUIZ-DAN. Ask Dan how you can prepare for your tax situation better, uh, not only this year, but also in the coming years. 844-784-9326. That's 844-QUIZ-DAN. Or go to quizdan.com and submit your question online or give Dan your interest online. That's quizdan.com. And the best question of the week each week here on the show gets the book of the week. And uh, what do we have this week, Dan? Well, this week is another classic. It's A Random Walk Down Wall Street by Burton Malkiel, which I don't think I've given away in the past. It's a wonderful book. It it gets updated every single year. But bottom line, Burton Malkiel was the very first person to say over 30 years ago, don't listen to your broker. Because he understood, especially then, more so now, but still the case now, that a lot of brokers were designed to just do trades, that they make a lot of money in trades. There's over a billion trades done every single month worldwide, $9 a trade, you do the math, big money in trading. He was the first one to point out that unless you had information that nobody else has, excessive trading is not going to be in your best interest, that you should buy, hold, and rebalance a very broadly diversified portfolio, that that was the way to make money. So a random walk down Wall Street's been around for a long time, but thankfully, Malkiel constantly updates it. He wants the data in there to be fresh, and as he updates the data, it just makes his point more and more valid. He's still a professor at uh, at Princeton University. In fact, uh, he, he appears on John Stossel's show from time to time. Great book, A Random Walk Down Wall Street. And again, that's quizdan.com, where you go to submit your question, quizdan.com. That is the place that you need to go uh, to get a copy of this book, A Random Walk Down Wall Street. Quizdan.com, best question of the week, gets that book, A Random Walk Down Wall Street. Quizdan.com or call 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. Always enjoy Tales of 
from the tax side. Coming up next, those things that are uncertain in retirement and in your financial future, how do you plan for them if you can't predict what they're going to be? We're going to talk about that coming up next right here on Solving the Financial Puzzle. It's okay to admit it. Sometimes you need a little help solving the crossword puzzle in the paper, like 44 across. Something is rotten in Denmark. If you've never heard that phrase or read Hamlet, you'd be lost. So you might ask the person next to you in the waiting room, another passenger in the car, or even turn to Google. Eventually, you'd learn that it's another way of saying something smells fishy, or as the actual answer puts it, I smell a rat. We all need a little help solving puzzles from time to time, and it's no different in the financial world. That's why certified financial planner Dan Capril is here to help you solve the financial puzzle in your life. Turn to him and ask the questions that bog you down. Tell him about how you're struggling to go from point A to point B in your planning process, and he'll help you figure it all out. Just call 844-784-9326. 844-784-9326. 844-QUIZ-DAN. To get started today. You're listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle with Dan Capril, your local wealth coach right here in Cincinnati and Dayton, with offices in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, Northern Kentucky even. You can reach out to Dan Capril by calling 844-QUIZ-DAN or by going to quizdan.com. Dan is a certified financial planner, the president of Matson and Capril. He's also the author of the book, Retirement Survival. And here on Solving the Financial Puzzle, if you're a retiree, if you're approaching retirement, what we try and do is help you better prepare for your financial future by putting together all those different pieces of your life, all, all the different puzzle pieces of your financial life. We put them together in a way that makes a lot of sense. Dan will help you put together that finished product. Uh, Dan, there are a lot of uncertainties in retirement and in the future uh, with our lives, both financial and then also just uh, things like how long are we going to live, life expectancy, right. those kinds of things that we need to somehow plan around, even though they're yeah. unpredictable. So what I'd like you to do is explain how you help people plan around each of these areas that we're going to go over that can't okay. be predicted with certainty by anybody. Uh, how mm-hmm. unpredictable are we talking in each area, and how much does that uncertainty affect the planning that you do. Okay. Uh, the first thing, stock market returns, uh, maybe the, the, the most unpredictable thing on the list. Without question, in the short run, the most unpredictable thing. In the long run, one would argue that it is predictable because the quality of life we lead today is far greater than that in the past, and that's a byproduct of the capitalist system and the companies who bring it. What we need to understand, it's because of unpredictability that we do planning. If, if life was predictable, heck, you wouldn't even need a plan. You just, you know, you'd know what to do, when to do it, and, and it would be fine. Where people get burned on stock market unpredictability or volatility, really, as, as I would like to call it, is the fact that they fail to understand that they're not going to get the same rate of return every year. Now, people can then fall into two extreme camps, and I don't want you to go to the extremities. On the one extreme, they get rid of equities entirely in their portfolio. They give all their money to an insurance company in return. They get a low check every month for the rest of their life. I mean, it's nice the money never stops coming, but it's not that much money, and you know, there's a good chance that they could die before they get it all back. So that's one extreme I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of the other extreme where someone puts all of their money in one company, like the, the engineer I worked with years ago 
who refused to implement the, the diversification strategy we put for him, and his company stock dropped from $65 a share to $8 a share. We don't want that either. What we need to do is have a well-diversified portfolio that's in numerous asset classes so that statistically we have the opportunity for a more consistent rate of return. Now, we're not going to rule volatility out entirely, and that's why you never run one retirement scenario. We actually, when clients come in, we run 10,000 retirement scenarios using the computerized tools that we have at our disposal. Uh, but we need to understand that there's money for the short term, and that money shouldn't be in stocks. There's money for the long term, stocks might be the right place for them. But you should never have to have a crystal ball in order for your plan to work. If you, have, if you need to have a crystal ball for your plan to work, well, i got news for you, your plan is already broken. Mm, and that's uh, that's an unfortunate situation that people find themselves in sometimes, a broken plan before they even really get too far down the road that oh, needs awful. major fixing. Uh, what about taxation, especially as we look into the future? Mm-hmm. That's uncertain. Yeah. That's unpredictable. Where will future taxes be? How do you plan around it? Yeah, it's uncertain, but I would tell you, you need to be of the mindset that tax rates will go up. And here's why. We we owe about $19 trillion as a nation, and that's only going to grow. Unless you have a massive increase in population, which is not going to happen, um, politics aside, we have oceans on both sides of us, this is going to be an issue that has to be dealt with. And one of those issues, one of the ways in which politicians are going to want to solve the problem is not by cutting spending. It's going to be by raising taxes. So retirees, you're not going to be immune to this. Pre-retirees, get ready. You may have the biggest tax bill coming. With good planning, though, it can be minimized. In fact, sometimes it's going to be better off for you to pay the taxes now in your savings than to wait. Got to do the math. Got to study it. Uh, don't procrastinate this. If you do, you're just you're just asking for trouble. But I always take the approach that tax rates are going to be higher than expected. Inflation rate is going to be higher than expected. Interest rates are going to be lower. Stock market returns are going to be lower. This way, if I'm wrong, and I can't predict the future, so I'm probably going to be wrong, then if my assumptions are below what actually happens, well, you have the opportunity to have even more money than we ultimately plan for. So, yeah, expect tax rates to be higher. Work it into your plan. And if they're not higher, guess what? You win. That's a good way to look at it, and uh, I like that idea. I like winning against the IRS. That's always uh, a oh, nice yeah. feeling, <laughs> and I'm sure that you Not too many people get to do that. I'm sure your clients embrace that feeling as well. Uh, no, it's like I tell people. We'll show you how to beat the IRS legally. In fact, if you go to our website, there's a button at quizdan.com. You can click on for a report and a video series called Cut My Taxes, and the free report you're going to receive is called How to Beat the IRS Legally. And that is, again, quizdan.com. Fantastic resources there, videos you can watch, and that course, How to Beat the IRS Legally, quizdan.com. If you're here in Cincinnati, if you're in Dayton, you are in the area where Dan can help you uh, right here with offices in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, Northern Kentucky, even the number to call 844-QUIZ-DAN. We're talking about retirement uncertainties on today's program. What about interest rates, Dan? We keep hearing that they're going to get raised, but then they never do. Uh, We don't know where they're going to be in a year from now, let alone 5, 10, 15, 20 years. No, you're never going to know. In fact, it's not even certain where interest rate rise and decreases actually come from. You know, some people think it's the Fed who sets them. Not really. The Fed sets the discount rate, which is the rate that is charged banks as they borrow money from the Fed. 
it's really the market that determines what interest rates are, the supply and demand for money. And as long as the demand stays low, the interest rates are going to stay low. Again, your plan shouldn't be built on the assumption that interest rates have to be 5 or 6% for your plan to be successful. No. Your strategy should take into consideration if they never go up. By the same token, your strategy should take into consideration what would happen if they went up 8%. A well-defined strategy is going to have all those contingency plans built in. And more importantly, a well-defined strategy with a good coach isn't just going to draw it up and put it in a drawer and say, go live your life. No, we're going to monitor that strategy and we're going to review it with you. and We're going to get with you and you're going to maybe need to make some adjustments along the way. It's kind of like a, a football team. And you start off the season with maybe 50 players, but you know you're going to lose a fair percentage of those players to injury. You're going to have to make adjustments. You may need to use your backup quarterback, your backup running back. You may need to ask your guard to play tackle. That's what a good team is all about. That's what a good financial strategy is all about. As the coach, our job is to identify when those changes need to be made, get in to see the client. We don't try to predict the future. You're never going to hear me call you and say, hey, I think Europe's about to take off. No, we're not going to do that. But I do understand that there's going to be news sometimes. It's not predictable. Maybe we've already built that contingency in. I just need to explain it to you so that you stay logical through the difficult times. You don't panic. You don't, you don't make mistakes. So, you know, as the coach, I'm always trying to emphasize to people that you've got to take action. You cannot delay on these things. If you're at that point of your life where retirement is, is sooner rather than later, or if you've already retired, you have to put certain, uh, you need to put certain contingencies into your plan that factor in this unpredictability. If you don't do that, you're flying blinds. You're going to make a big mistake. Take your planning up to an even higher level. We'll do that for you. We'll show you how to do that with our wealth coaching plan. We're going to tell you how you can get in touch with Dan here in just a few moments, uh, and you'll want to be reaching out. We're just covering some of the few retirement uncertainties that are out there. And Dan, there's uh, there's several more that we could go over, but let's just hit one more at least here. Uh, and this is the one, I said that maybe stock market returns were the most unpredictable or the most uncertain, but maybe this one actually is, and that would be life expectancy, longevity. We don't yeah. know how long we're going to live. No, we don't. And, you know, it's, it's a good news, bad news scenario. I mean, I think it's fantastic that, you know, we can live longer, but we're still going to die eventually. Our bodies are still going to break down. So first of all, there are actuarial assumptions that we can utilize. And then what we do is we plan on you to beat the actuarial assumptions. So if I look at a chart and says, you know, someone has a life expectancy just based on their, their age presently and whether they're a man or woman, let's say it's 79. Well, guess what? I'm going to assume you live to 90, 95. In fact, if your parents are still alive and they're well into their 80s or 90s, we're going to maybe take you out to 100. Again, the whole idea here is that if we're wrong, well, you're going to have more money, not less. Uh, but you don't want to outlive your money. Most of the people that I see who are working well into their 70s and 80s, a lot of them don't want to be doing that. Now, I think it's fantastic if that's what they enjoy doing. I, I think it's great that we, have, that we have our seniors be a part of our economy if they want to do that. But if they don't, if they physically can't, it's a real tragedy when they have no choice but to continue to work. So we need to factor that in. A lot of these people, did, you know, when I ask them, you know, why are you still working? Really, the response is, well, I didn't think I'd live that long. Well, we're going to make that assumption. And when we do your plan, I'm not only going to factor in longevity. I'm going to factor in inflation. I'm going to factor in taxation. All those things that are uncertain. We will use assumptions that are incredibly conservative. 
so that ultimately, if we're wrong, and we will be, the chances are you'll have more money, not less. This is the type of stress testing that isn't getting done with people. You know, they read their returns on their portfolio, but they're not really forecasting going forward what it's likely to be. And a lot of what I do see them try to do is so flawed mathematically, it's, it's, it is not even close to being worth what the paper that it's printed on is being worth. It, it takes a lot more than an Excel spreadsheet to have a retirement analysis done properly. You have to take in variance, and too often that is not the case. With our wealth coaching program, we look at a number of different factors. We stress test it at, with using statistical models that are not designed to predict the future. They're designed to test the uncertainty of the future and make sure that you're not caught off guard. We do a lot of what-if planning with our clients, um, and it's not based on the sale of a product. It's based on a strategy. How you implement that strategy is going to be entirely up to you. Let us help you, though, craft the strategy using sound principles that are not based on the sale of some product. Do it based on the math. Math works. Diversification works, but it has to be done properly. And here's the number that you need to call to reach Dan Capril and the team at Matson and Capril right here in Cincinnati and Dayton. 844-QUIZ-DAN. That is 844-784-9326. That's 844-784-9326. That'll put you in touch with Dan Capril here on Solving the Financial Puzzle. You can set up a time to meet, go over your situation, talk about how Dan can help you. And to callers here from the radio show, if you call in today, Dan will provide that initial meeting to you complimentary, free of charge, just a discussion about who you are, where you are financially, and what you need to be doing going forward. Again, the number to call is 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. 844-784-9326. Or you can go to quizdan.com, do it now, and submit your question. You can get this week's book of the week, and you can also get in touch with Dan that way to set up a time to meet. That's quizdan.com. Either way will work, quizdan.com or 844 844- quiz dan your number to call dan appreciate all the advice as you do each and every week here on the show uh filling us in on what's going on in the financial world hope you have a fantastic week and we'll talk again soon you too walter and to all the listeners out there have a great week we'll see you next week absolutely thanks so much for joining us on the show we'll talk to you on the next solving the financial puzzle Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of NPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.